0: The Tanya of Rabbi Schneur Zalman of Liadi, taught by Rabbi Ben Zion Krasniansky. Tanya's text elucidated by Rabbi Yosef Weinberg.
1: There's a Talmudic statement in the Mishnah and the Gemara that a person has to thank Hashem for. The bad things that happen to us, just like you have to thank Hashem for the good things that happen to us. And the Talmud adds, you have to receive it with joy. It seems completely counterintuitive. How is it humanly possible? So the al gives three explanations. One explanation, chapter 26 in the first part of the Tanya. You can listen to it on lesson than Second explanation is, we're in the middle of learning now, in letter number 11, very powerful letter, one of the most profound of the 32 letters, and then there's also letter number 22, which we're going to learn. And Al-Tarebi offers three different approaches, one greater than the next, one is on a higher level than the next. In uh, chapter 25, in the first part of the Tanya, what Alter Rebbe explains basically is that there is a different way of looking at pain and suffering. Of course, it's painful, and you can focus on the negative. But there's another perspective. And that is, when you realize that pain and suffering is actually a much deeper expression of Hashem's love for us and Hashem's intimacy than when things are overtly good. For example, parents who are nice to their children. I don't really know if those parents really love their children, really care about their children. How do I know when a parent truly loves their child and the good things that they do to their child really comes from genuine love, what's the test, the ultimate test, to know if a parent really loves their child? When the child, as King Solomon, the wisest of all men, says, a parent who withholds the rod from his child hates his child. Because the ultimate sign of love is, if you really care about your child and you love them, it's not about you, but it's really about them. What's good for them, then you will inconvenience yourself and cause yourself pain, but you know it's for the sake of the child. When a chi- parent has to discipline a child, who does it hurt most? Most. Who does it hurt more? The parent or the child? Okay. The parent. We're not talking about abusive parents. We're talking about normal, healthy parents. It hurts the parent more than it hurts the child. And yet, because the parent loves the child, the parent really cares about the child, and knows that this is good for the child, my job as a parent is not to be their friend. My job as a parent is to guide them, to lead them, to discipline them, to teach them right from wrong. So when they see my child acting out or acting in a way that's completely unacceptable, I have to discipline them and I have to tell them that this is absolutely not acceptable. And when you punish the child, it's more painful for the parent. If a stranger, if a strange child is acting out, what do I care? It's not my kid. <laughs> you want to you live like an animal? Live like an animal. It's not my business. But when my child is acting like an animal, it's not acceptable. Simply not acceptable. So that's the ultimate act of love. So when we undergo pain and suffering, and we know that Hashem is, Hashem is disciplining us, Hashem is, we know it's the act of love. It's the ultimate act of love. Why did the Jewish people suffer more than any other nation on earth? Combined. Because it's the ultimate act of love, because Hashem loves and cares about us. Therefore, He's not just going to let us live, you know, wildly, with abandon, without any, without any calculation, without any. Just do as we please, and Hashem says, "I'm sorry, <laughs> I love you too much. I care about you too much." You know, you, you, you better get your act together. And this is my way of telling you. So of course it's painful, and of course, but what the child sees in the parent's eyes, the child sees that love, and the child feels safe and secure. Because my parent loves me enough to discipline. Loves me enough to cares enough about me. Knowing that it takes so much more energy, it's so much easier just to spoil your children. Just, I don't have the time for you. I don't have the energy for you. I'll just spoil you. But that's not an act of love. It's an act of hatred, enough to give you the chills. Because what the child gets the message is, my parents couldn't care less about me. They don't have the time for me. They don't have the energy for me. It's too much energy to really be involved in the child's life and to be aware of their behavior and to discipline them. It takes takes a lot of energy and it hurts the parent more than hurts the child but when the wild child sees the parent disciplines them yes it hurts but the child feels loved the child feels safe the child feels I have a parent who really cares about it. there's healthy boundaries there's healthy rules there are don'ts there are do's there are red lines so it's really the ultimate act of love. So the Jewish people looked at we don't look at the we don't look at it as punishment as something negative, we look at it as the ultimate act of Hashem's love for us. That it doesn't get let us get away with murder. I I care too much about you to let me get away with murder. And it's that intimacy and it's that love that warms our heart. It's not that we're happy with the negativity. God forbid, how could we be happy with the negativity? It's negative, it's harsh, it's painful, it's suffering. But it's, it's the love that Hashem cares about us and is there with us. That's what warms us. That's what rejoices us. And therefore the Talmud says whoever receives pain or suffering with joy, Mashiach will come, will bask. In the sun, it's like the sun now is covered up, Mashiach will come, the sun will emerge from its cover, and those who rejoice in the pain and suffering will bask in the glory, because it's only when someone identifies himself, identifies his reality, identifies his life with godliness, and therefore we rejoice with the intimacy and the closeness and the love that we feel coming from Hashem. Paradoxically, in the act of pain and suffering is the ultimate act of love and the ultimate act of intimacy and closeness. We rejoice with that closeness. So then, Mashiach will come, we will bask in the glory of Hashem's closeness. Mashiach will come, the sun will emerge, godliness will emerge, and this is how we identified ourselves, our lives. A person who identifies himself with materialism, and therefore when he's deprived of something material, his whole life is shattered and broken, and he's lost. So, he doesn't identify himself with in So when Mashiach will come, he won't appreciate it. But a person who rejoices in pain and suffering, what does he rejoice? He doesn't rejoice in the suffering. No one rejoices in suffering. He rejoices in the, in the intimacy and the closeness that we have with Hashem. So he is going to be in the front line, Mashiach will come. He's going to appreciate the closeness because then the closeness will emerge, the love will emerge. Now the love is hidden. And all the nations of the world taunt the Jewish people. Look, your God hates you. Your God has unchosen you. Look how much he's suffering. He kicked you out. He destroyed your house. Don't you get the message? What more could he do to tell you that he threw you out of his house, destroyed the house, dispersed you, exiled you, is constantly punishing you? Don't you get the message that he doesn't love you anymore? So on the face of value, that's the way it appears to be. But a Jew is wiser and knows just on the contrary. It's the ultimate act of Hashem's love for us. He cares so much about us that he's not going, to get away, not going to let us get away with murder and he's going to um, he's disciplining us and he's getting us to improve and to change our ways and so that we should be worthy to receive the third and ultimate and eternal temple and what's true collectively is also true personally when we are touched by pain and suffering we realize it's the ultimate act of Hashem's love for us that's on one level. Then, in letter number 22, which we're going to learn, the Al-Tarebi <laughs> takes it to a different level, a much higher level. The Rebbe explains. He says, the correct way to look at pain and suffering is your tooth hurts. What do you do when your tooth hurts? What do you do when your tooth thirds You go to the dentist.
0: If you
1: want more pain. <laughs> you're in pain, you go to the doctor. Yeah, if your tooth hurts, (laughs) if you're in pain, what do you do? You go to the doctor. Was that a bad thing? That you were in pain? It was actually a very wonderful thing. Because if I wasn't in pain, I would never know that I have a problem. Could you imagine if you have a critical illness and you're walking around oblivious, there's no symptoms, there is no pain. When you know that you're in pain, it's actually a blessing. It's a wake-up call. Go to the doctor. Deal with the, root, with the co- root cause. The pain is just a symptom. Could you imagine you're driving your car and you have the red light go on, that you, you, have no ga- you have no oil in the tank. Not no gas, no oil. You know, you, you drive without oil, you destroy the whole tank. So what are you going to do? It's very annoying. Especially today, sometimes you have beep, beepers going off. So you know what, I'll, I'll unplug the light. <laughs> <laughs> I've solved the problem. (laughs) No No more light. No more problems. No more beeping. No more lights. Are you kidding? You haven't solved anything. It's just a symptom. So you got rid of the symptom. So what have you accomplished? You're still dying inside. The car is about to die. So pain is actually a blessing. The pain is a signal that something is wrong inside. It's just a symptom. That something is rotten inside. So deal with the root cause. Don't just deal with the symptom to remove the pain. As Al tarebi says, if, if, if he uh, uses the analogy, if, if your father is slapping you, you realize what it's all about, you don't turn the other cheek. If the pain is there to signal to you that something is very rotten inside you better deal with it and take care of it, so I'm going to run away. I'm going to turn off the light. Oh, now I feel good. No more pain. You know, you, today you can take pills, you don't feel any pain, painkillers, and what, what have you done? What have you accomplished? You're sick inside. So the fact that there is pain and suffering is really just a symptom that something spiritually is rotten inside. Something is wrong. I don't have my act together. My life is not together. I'm stagnating. I'm, I'm regressing. I'm... In a quagmire, I'm sinking, I'm drowning. This is a blessing. Of course, it's painful. Of course, it hurts. But I see it as thank you. It's a wake up call. Thank you. Without this pain, I would never know there's something wrong. I would be blissfully unaware, continue my life without any sense of the impending doom and disaster. It's about to, that's happening right now. So now that I know that I'm paying stuff, now I can do Now I can get my act together. Now I can do some soul searching. Now I can address the root cause. I can create an inner healing because all physical illness is just a symptom of spiritual illness. I can create an inner healing, a spiritual healing, which will result in a physical healing. So this is a much deeper, much more profound way of looking at it. So yes, it's pain and suffering, but it's a good thing That's why it says, receive it with joy. And don't turn the other cheek. It's a good thing. It's a wake-up call. I'm going to run away. I'm going to turn off the alarm. It's a wake-up call that a bomb is about to fall. (laughs) Of course it's inconvenient. It's painful. But thank you. thank, Thank Hashem for this. Because this is helping me avert something much, much worse. Spiritual death and spiritual illness is a thousand times worse than physical illness and physical death. So if this is waking me up, that I can, I can, I can cure, heal myself spiritually, and avert spiritual death. This is this is the greatest blessing. So that's what the Talmud says: you should receive the pain of suffering. But here in this in this letter, the al Rebbe takes it a much much a step further, much deeper level, a whole different. And the point that he's making here is, and that he's saying, that it's not even, it's not even negative. It's not even pain and suffering. Because since it comes from Hashem, therefore it's all good. Everything Hashem does is good. So everything that happens is good. Not only it will be good. Not only it's a means to a good end. But he's saying is that the thing itself is good. It's not only a means to an end. But that the, the, as in the story of Nacho Gamzu, it is good. It's not negative at all. What what does that mean? And the analogy is, it's like there's one part of the hospital where the patient is yelling, and everyone is smiling, saying Mazel Tov. That's the maternity ward. It's bloody painful. He's yelling bloody murder. You know, if men had babies, that would be the end of the human race. <laughs> That's that painful. And yet, everyone's smiling, saying Mazel Why are you smiling? And we wish everyone, you should have a, you should have a child. And what are you wishing? You're sending it to the hospital? <laughs> to go the most inhumane, the most painful experience. It's unimaginable. What? What are you exactly? Are you? What exactly are you wishing? Are you wishing? <laughs> Parents wish their daughter. Others wishing their wives. And people are wishing them. The best friends are wishing them. They have a child. What are you wishing me? you Wishing me the worst pain and suffering? It's beyond imagination. Well, you
0: can go to the room when they can't. Have it.
1: Right. Because, is it about the pain and suffering? It's not about the pain and suffering. What's it about? It's about giving birth to a trial. So of course there's no other way to give birth to a child there's there's birthing pains there's so there is no other way but it's not that's not what it's about it's not about the pain and suffering it's about the birth giving birth to something new creating something new so therefore it's not pain so from this point of view anything that happens in our lives if we realize Hashem is creating the world every moment. Hashem is giving birth to the world every moment. Hashem is giving birth to us every moment. Everything that comes from Hashem is really a birthing process. Is really all good. So yes, it's pain and suffering, but it's, it's birthing pains. But it's not, about, it's not about the pain, it's not about the suffering. It's all joy, it's all good. I don't look at it as pain and suffering. It's not like in the other explanation where it's an alarm, it's a wake-up call... It's a signal, so it's a terrible thing, but it's a means to an end, it's an alarm, it's a wake-up call, so it's a good thing. Or that in the negativity, I sense Hashem's love for me. But that means that the pain is pain, and it's harsh, and it's negative, and it's, but I sense Hashem's love. So I rejoice in Hashem's love. What we're saying here in in, in letter number 11, the Atarebi is saying here that it's good. It's all good. It's positive. In the story of Nochem Ish Gamzu, the sand itself turned into the miracle. It's all good. It's a birthing process. There's no negative. In Hashem's world, there's no negativity. Hashem is positive, and everything He does is positive, and everything He gives birth to us every moment. So Everything is good. Now, we're still human. And on the human level, it's painful. Giving birth is also very painful. So, of course, anything you can do to minimize the pain, there's no mitzvah to suffer. We're not martyrs. And we're not, uh, you know, we're not masochists. So, anything we can do to minimize the pain, if you can give your wife an epidural, she you can take an epidural and lessen the pain with pleasure. That's why we pray, that's why there's a mitzvah to pray. Rosh Hashanah is around the corner. And what is the focus of all the prayers? Almost all of them are we ask for physical things. The emphasis of the prayers is we should physically be well and have a good year and healthier. If everything is good, Hashem is good, and everything Hashem does is good, why are we praying for a good year? It's already good, everything is already good. Why are we praying for a good year? And everyone has to pray, it's a biblical commandment. Because we're not machines. We're not robots. We're human beings. And pain and suffering is pain and suffering. He's not saying that you should dance. You know, no one goes to the hospital and starts dancing. Um, If you can. But um, we're human beings. And we don't like pain and suffering. And we don't want pain and suffering. And Hashem wants us to pray that there should not be any pain and suffering. Hashem doesn't want pain and suffering. There's a reason he created this human. Because on the human level, pain and suffering is unbearable. There's a, a message in that. Because there's something wrong with that picture. In a perfect world, when Hashem created the world, there was no pain, there was no suffering. Childbirth would have been very easy without any pain. Mashiach will come, childbirth again will also be easy without pain. In a perfect world, there is no pain. Not only the end, there is no pain, period. So Hashem wants us to pray. But what he's telling us here is the way to look at it is not something negative. It's coming from Hashem, and Hashem is absolutely good. And this itself is absolutely good. It's a birthing process. So it's birthing pains, but it's a birthing process. It's giving birth to something new, to something wonderful, to something good, to something positive, to something special. So this is the highest perspective, the ultimate level, the ultimate perspective of how to look at pain and suffering it's not pain of suffering it's not about pain it's not about suffering it's not negative no no darkness no shadow it's all good at the same time I'm human and I feel the pain of suffering and if I pray to to remove the pain of suffering to minimize the pain of suffering to remove it let the birth be without any pain of suffering that's and they want us to pray we have to storm heaven and earth that everything should be good not only everything should be good 100% good tangibly good uh, consistently good, on all levels. It should be good not only on a level of faith, but it should also be good on a physical human level, on the bodily level. It should be good, tangibly good. But, but, the, but the correct perspective, the way to look at it, from a point of view of faith, is that really everything is good. Everything in Hashem's world is good. We're never alone. God forbid, nothing is by chance. Hashem is creating us each and every moment. It's creating everything that happens with us each and every moment, all our experiences. And therefore, if if Hashem is good, everything He does is good. So it's a birth. It's a positive thing. It's the maternity ward. A whole different perspective. This is what faith is. And this is why the Jewish people, although we went through such crushing experiences, no one on earth ever went through and yet we never lost our faith we never lost our joy we never lost our faith we never lost our sense that uh, Hashem is with us and Hashem is good and that life is good and that everything Hashem does is good we understand it we don't understand it Hashem is good everything is a birthing process even the darkest moments in exile this is all a birthing process which is leading towards Mashiach, towards the redemption, the ultimate redemption. And the same is true in our personal lives. We're all going through a process, it's a constant process, every moment. The world is dynamic, life is dynamic. To us it appears to be rigid and frozen. But that's from an ego perspective, but from a true perspective, life is dynamic, life is vibrant, life is alive. It's pulsating. The world, the universe is pulsating. Divine energy is constantly recreating. We are constantly being recreated. All our feelings, emotions, experiences, everything is constantly being recreated as we speak, as a modern physicist recognizes. Everything is energy transforming itself into matter each and every moment as we speak. So therefore the world is alive. The world is dynamic. The world is joyful. The world is... Hashem is with us. It's a birthing process. Everything is part of a process. Everything is good. It's the maternity ward. Of course, we, the patients are shrieking to, <laughs> to high heaven. But that's not what it's about. It's not about pain. It's about giving birth. It's about joy. It's about a mazel tov. It's growing pains. So therefore, while we're praying, Hashem should remove the pain. We realize we have faith; it's all good. It's not. God is good, and life is good, and everything that happens to us is good. This is the ultimate level of faith. And He says it's like a test. It's really a test. May we never be tested. But a test gives a person tremendous. Opportunity. A test is an opportunity. A test is a tremendous vote of confidence from Hashem in the person who is being tested. And it's a tremendous opportunity. The Hebrew word for test comes from the word nisayon, comes from the word nis, to lift up. The test itself has the ability to lift us up. If we only withstand the test, then it could lift us up. And this is the test. It's a test of faith. It's the ultimate test of faith. Do we truly believe in Hashem? Everything that happens to us comes from Hashem. Hashem is creating the world each and every moment. Life is dynamic, vibrant, pulsating with the divine energy. The world is constantly being, Hashem is giving birth to the world and to each and every one of us every single moment. Then if you have that faith, then you know everything is good. It's a birthing process. And therefore you receive it with joy. That's the test of faith. It's the ultimate test. But if you withstand this test, instead of being dragged down and feeling negative, and feeling you're in a dark place, and you're alone, and instead you withstand the test, and you know that you're in the presence of Hashem, and Hashem is with you, and you're in an illuminated place, and you're in a joyful place, and you're in a good place, you're in a godly place, in a friendly place, then that itself has the ability to lift you up to the highest level of faith. We can actually perceive and tangibly feel the godly energy, how the world is constantly being recreated. And and this transforms a person. A person who senses this is a different person. Your life becomes different. The whole quality of your life becomes so enriched Instead of the world being a drab, two-dimensional, dead place, the world suddenly comes alive. The world becomes alive. A, a so, this is the ultimate level of faith. It's the ultimate test, which enables us to reach the ultimate level of faith. This is the highest level, the highest explanation, the deepest explanation the Tarebi gives. Um, how to deal with pain and suffering. Of course, all of this is only in relation to our own pain and suffering. God forbid another person's pain and suffering we cannot make peace with. We can't uh, rest and we can't uh, relax and we can't. Uh, um, we have to storm heaven and earth. The other person should be relieved of even the slightest pain. All these explanations are only in relation to ourselves, relation to our own pain and suffering. Not God forbid, another person's pain and suffering. The bottom of page 194, but he who is grieved.
2: But he who is grieved and laments demonstrates that he is undergoing some hardship and suffering and lacks some goodness. He is heaven forfend like a heretic who denies Hashem's omnipresence. For if he would truly believe, he would realize as above that in the light of the king's countenance there is life. And strength and joy are in his place, so that he indeed lacks nothing.
1: Now, um, when he says here that whoever does not receive the pain of suffering with joy, and whoever considers it as pain of suffering and doesn't realize that it's all good, he's a heretic, he doesn't mean literally, Allahically he's considered a heretic. We're talking about a very, very high level person who hasn't reached the highest level of faith the deepest levels of faith the level of Rabbi Zusha of Anapolu the level of which even Rabbi Akiva didn't reach you can't exactly say that whoever doesn't reach that level is Allah considered a heretic God forbid you have to take it in context he's saying that in relation to the ultimate level of faith this is considered like heresy because if if you're for real, if you really believe in God, people say they believe in God, but they don't really... If you truly believe in God, and you truly believe it, there is no other reality but God. And God is creating us and creating each and every one of us each and every moment, something from nothing. And this is a dynamic process that's being recreated each and every moment. And we are constantly in flux. And therefore, how could you, if you're constantly in God's presence... God's presence is filled with the joy. How could you be sad, and how could you feel that you're suffering, and how could you feel? Look, look at your life as as filled with pain and suffering and shadows and darkness and negativity. If you truly had faith and you truly believed in Hashem and Hashem was with you, then all there is is joy, and all there is is life, and all there is is goodness. How could you feel you're in this dark place, emptiness? And if you feel that way, Al-Tarebi says, in comparison, in relation to the ultimate level of faith, you're a heretic. Not literally in the halachic sense of heresy, but in the subtle sense, in the ultimate sense, in the Hasidic sense, in in the real sense, do you really believe in God? Because this is the ultimate test. You can mouth the words, but this is where you separate the men from the boys. Do you really believe in God, or it's just a word, a meaningless word? It doesn't mean anything, doesn't cost you anything, and has no meaning in your life. But if you truly believe in Hashem, then this is the test. This is where you see where a person's real faith is in. So he's admonishing the chassid, he says, you... Coming, You are chassid. You who have studied chassidut. You who have been exposed to the teachings of the Tanya. You who have all the benefit of all this awareness and have a deep understanding and a subtle understanding of the reality of Hashem is not the reality but Hashem. It's just for you to feel down and dejected and, and, and sad and depressed, this is the, then you're a heretic. What kind of belief in God is that? What kind of faith is that? It's not faith. Faith is not just eating Cholent and Shabbos. It's it's a lot more, a lot more to faith. Showing up in synagogue, fulfilling your obligation. Faith is real. Is Hashem real in your life? Hashem isn't real in your life. This is the ultimate test. It's not what you do in public. It's what's happening inside. You feel in your heart. You feel sad, depressed, darkness. And where is your faith? If you really believed in Hashem, and you really felt Hashem, and you really experienced Hashem, and you realized the truth, the ultimate reality from the inside out, from Hashem's point of view, which is the ultimate point of view, then everything is good. What kind of sadness, moroseness, heaviness, darkness depression, what, what's going on? That's what he says. He says, are you a koefer? Are you a, a Kaifer? A heretic? In the in this most subtle sense of the word, not in the literal sense. In the most subtle sense of the word, are you a heretic? You believe God is in heaven, but he's not here? You don't believe that every detail of your life is being recreated as we speak? You think anything just happens by accident? Everything is divine providence. God is constantly creating at this moment. And God is good. And the divine energy is good. And this process is dynamic and alive and vibrant. So if you don't feel uplifted, and you don't feel inspired, and you don't feel connected, and instead you feel heavy and down and dejected and dark, and then, okay, then it's not faith. Wh- whom are you kidding? Don't delude yourself. This is the test of real faith. Then it's like you're a heretic, God forbid. Denying Hashem.
0: This is why the sages of truth, the Kabbalists, strongly rejected the trait of sadness, for it contradicts the Jews' true faith that there is no place devoid of Him. The truly faithful, however, is not deterred by any suffering whatever with respect to all mundane matters yes and no are all the same to him in true equality
1: as the Baal Shem Tov said Shivisi Hashem it says in the beginning of the Code of Jewish Law quotes the Tehilim Shivisi Hashem David HaMelech says Hashem is always before me so the Baal Shem Tov said Shivisi comes from the word hishtavus. it's all the same whatever happens to me is the same if good things happen to me God forbid not so good things happen to me it's all the same because it's all coming from Hashem, so therefore it's all it's all good. So that's what he says. If 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 the bad and the good are not equal, are not the same to you. If you thank Hashem for the good, but you don't thank Hashem for the bad, then you're denying Hashem.
0: But he to whom they are not the same demonstrates that. He is one of the erev rab who act but for themselves. He loves himself to the extent that he removes himself from under the hand, i.e., the authority of Hashem, and lives the life of the gentiles, all because of his self-love. This is why he desires the life of the flesh and children and sustenance, for that is his good. Indeed, it would have been better for him if he had he not
1: been created. Very, very, very strong language. <laughs> He's calling him a guy, he's calling him a heretic, he's poor chassid. <laughs> he's undergoing probably the worst pain and suffering imaginable. And Al-Turabi is calling him a Gentile and a, and a heretic. He says, you feel your suffering? What happened to your faith in Hashem? I mean, after all, what's he asking for? He's asking for, he doesn't want to suffer he's suffering financially, he's suffering in health or with his family or his children or his parnassa. And, you know, that's so terrible that a person should want good things for himself and for his wife and for his children and for his family and for his health and for his success. Um, after all, we have a mitzvah to pray for all those good things. And Altarevi is calling him a heretic and uh, a goy and a uh, is you lost your Jewishness what happened to your faith he says because then it's all about ego what's good for me my life is all about ego myself what I want what I need what I, where does Hashem come into the picture Hashem is simply not part of the equation it's like icing on the cake but if Hashem is central to your reality If Hashem is the core and essence of your being because He's constantly creating you and that's the ultimate reality. There is no other reality. That is my reality, my personal reality. Then I care about one thing and one thing only. I care about reality. What's reality? Reality is Hashem. And Hashem is creating the world each and every moment. So that reality is dynamic and vibrant and joyful and good. And therefore, whatever happens to my life, bad, good, it's all coming from Hashem, and therefore it's all good. Because Hashem is giving birth to us each and every moment, and everything that happens in my life is coming directly from Hashem. And therefore, all is good. What is Jewish faith all about? Jewish faith is Hashem Echad, that God is one. God is one, there's only one reality. There's only one reality. And that's the focus of my life And that's the center of my life And that's what my life is all about It's not a detail My life is not compartmentalized This is what I'm all about Everything in my life is all about one thing It's about Hashem And Hashem is good And therefore everything that happens in my life is good So I have to realize that even the pain and suffering As painful as it is It's really coming from Hashem It's all good it's a birthing experience. It's the maternity ward. It's very painful, but it's a maternity ward. It's a good thing. So, of course, I ask my doctor, please give me an epidural. Please, I, it's too, I can't bear it. I'm human. It hurts. That's, that's a mitzvah to pray. Hashem wants us to pray. You have to pray to a person. You don't want suffering. But don't look at it as negative. Don't be dejected. Don't be depressed. Don't be down. Don't, don't feel heavy. Don't feel disconnected. Don't wallow in darkness. You're in Hashem's presence. It's lit up. Eternity ward is lit up. It's, it's, it's a good place. You're in a good place. And if you don't realize that, then you don't recognize His birthing pains, and you just take it as misfortune, and, and being picked on, and being slapped around and just being down and then you're denying Hashem you're denying that everything that happens to you comes directly from Hashem so it is a very tall order I mean Al-Tarebi is is elevating the chassid to a very high level he's demanding the chassid seemingly as a superhuman response to pain and suffering But he expects it of the chassid, because Hashem expects it of him. It's a test. Hashem singled out this chassid to suffer so terribly, because Hashem believes in the chassid, believes in this Jew, and is testing him, and is giving him the strength to elevate him to this level. So he's pushing in him and demanding from him, live up to this potential. Otherwise the pain and suffering is in vain. What was the point? The whole point was it's just a test. If you don't withstand the test, then, then it was really a, a for nothing. Then really it's for nothing. What's the point of pain and suffering? And it's really a Rachmanus. But if you extract the point, and you get the point, and you get what this is all about, and you realize it's just a test, Hashem is testing your faith. How real your relationship with Hashem is. And then the moment you withstand the test, then the, the pain is not necessary anymore. It's just a test. Once you withstood the test and you pass with flying colors, then that's it. It's not necessary anymore. Then everything could be transformed into positive, overtly positive. Then the baby could be born, and that's it. You don't need, you don't need anymore the pain and suffering. Pain and suffering will be long for and forgotten. So that's what he's saying. He says, if you don't withstand this test, if you don't live up to this test, then it's really a Rahman. Then, then what was this all for? Just, just pain and suffering for pain and suffering's sake. That's really a crime. It's really unbearable. As long as you realize there's a point, there's a message, there's a meaning behind it. If a person knows that there's a meaning, we can live with meaning. As painful as it is, as long as it has meaning, we can live with it. We can bear it, we can live with it. But if a person, if we just look at it as meaningless, and I'm just being picked on, and it's meaningless, and it's, there's no point and there's no purpose and you're just down on life and down on yourself and you feel heavy and in a very dark place and dejected place and disconnected, then that's, that's unbearable. That's unbearable. So the Alter Rebbe is elevating the chassid and giving a meaning and explaining to him, illuminating for him what this is all about. Do you understand what this is all about? This is a test. It's pregnant with meaning. Hashem is personally testing you and wants to elevate you to the highest level of faith, to the ultimate reality, to experience life from the inside out the way Hashem experiences life. Then it becomes meaningful. Then you can live with a sense of purpose, a sense of meaning, a sense of... You have that drive, the willpower to live, the drive to live. When you know that there's meaning, you know that there's purpose, you can live with anything. You can handle anything. The problem is, when the Chassid felt despondent, and he felt depressed, obviously the Alter Rebbe is writing to him because that's exactly how he felt. He was depressed. He was sad and depressed and dejected and dark and heavy and disconnected. The Alter Rebbe says, what's wrong with you? What's going on? There's no room for dejection, there's no room for darkness, there's no room for depression, there's no room for. You, know, you have to live life with a sense of vigor and a sense of, with a vim and a with this vibrancy and you have to feel alive and you have to feel uplifted and you have to feel inspired. Your Hashem is with you and Hashem is creating you and everything that's happening to you, Hashem is creating that each and every moment, giving birth. And therefore it's all positive. So you have to be positive. You have to be energetic. You have to be in a good good place. At the same time, you pray to Hashem, please remove the pain. I don't like the pain. But you have to realize it's all good. And when you withstand the test and you live with a sense of meaning and purpose, and then the goodness will emerge and surface. You won't need the pain of suffering anymore because you've passed the test. The flying compass. So Now it's not necessary anymore. The test is not needed anymore. So now Hashem could overtly bless you and everything in your life should be overtly good. And that's what we want. We want everything to be overtly good. No one wants suffering. We're not masochists. It's a mitzvah. It's a biblical obligation to pray, please, I want everything to be good. At the same time that we're saying everything is good. Because Hashem wants that the body should be good. It should physically be good. Not just on the level of faith. But the way we get to it is if you withstand the test, if you have the faith, you have the faith and you, you're not crushed by the experience, and you're not thrown off by the experience and you remain f- centered and focused and connected and energized and then the, it will, the goodness will emerge that it will be tangibly good. Not only on the level of faith, we have faith that everything is good but even from the outside looking in you'll also see that everything is good everything will turn out to be tangibly good as well. So the Alter Rebbe is actually being very kind to the Hasid. He's not, it's not uh, being unduly harsh. Instead of writing in words of comfort, Alter Rebbe is giving it him over the head. <laughs> 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 he calls him a goy, calls him a, a heretic. But actually, it's the kindest letter of the 32 letters. Because this is this is the moment of this is the moment of truth. This is why you've been created. Alte Rebbe is about to say. This is the moment of truth. Everything you've experienced till now, everything you've studied till now, everything you've learned till now, everything that happened to you till now was just a preparation for this moment. You think I'm going to let you blow this moment and miss the whole point? This is what it's all about. You've been training all your life for this moment, and now you're gonna you're gonna vanish, disappear. No, this is the moment of truth. This is what your life is all about. This is the point of faith. This is what it's all about. This is what all the prayer has been all about. This is what all the Torah is all about. This is what all the mitzvahs are all about. This is what all the holidays are all about. This is what your parents, your grandparents, 3,800 years of Jewish experience is all about. It's all about this moment, this moment of truth. Do you have faith or don't you have faith? This is the essence of the Jewish belief. This is the essence of the Torah and the mitzvot. It all boils down to faith. What is the point of all the Torah and what is the point of all the mitzvot and what is the point of everything that we do? Ultimately, it boils down to one thing. As the al said in chapter 33, you can go to lessonsintanya.com, it all comes down to faith. It's all about faith. This is, this is the one point that the whole Torah is centered on. I am God, your God. This is the moment of truth. Hashem, Hashem is giving you the test. This is the moment of truth. So now you're going to fail the test. You're going to render your life into meaninglessness. Then what was the point of everything? What was the point of your whole being, your whole existence, your whole creation? Al-Turabi says, you think I'm going to let you blow this moment? Please, realize what's at stake and realize this is what it's all about. And if you only withstand the test, then everything will be transformed, everything will be turned around. You'll see in your life, you'll see all the blessings in a visible way, in a tangible way. So please, don't blow the moment. Withstand this test. The is pleading with the chassab and strengthening him and guiding him and teaching him what this is all about, what this moment, is so pregnant with purpose, so pregnant with meaning. He says it's a crime if you don't get it, if you don't realize what's really happening.
0: Indeed, it would have been better for him had he not been created. For the main purpose of man's creation in this world is to test him by these trials and physical tribulations to ascertain what is in his heart, whether his heart will turn towards other gods, namely the passions of the body, which evolved from the citra and desire these. Since the klepot and the citra the the forces of evil... And unholiness are termed other gods. The passions that they generate are likewise termed other gods. Or whether his desire and wish is to live the true life which evolves from the living God. One must believe that he really lives it, that is the true life. The
1: test is to see what is your real desire in life? What do you want in life? What are you searching for in life? What are you after? If you're after your life with Hashem, that's life to you. Anything connected with Hashem is life, is real. Anything that's not connected with Hashem is not, is not real, is not real life. Hashem is the only source of life. Anything that's connected with Hashem is alive. Then you have the cheap imitations. Everything in this world is the fruit and there's the shell. There's a cheap imitation. There's love, the real thing. comes from within. All the money in the world can't buy love. That's why all these billionaires and all these uh, stars and starlets can't find love for the life of them. Because it's all external, superficial. Real love comes from within, comes from egolessness. Or... Or you have this cheap imitation, eroticism, just a cheap imitation of love. Intimacy, which is the real thing, soul thing, or just body, external, superficial. Animalistic sexuality, which is the shell, cheap imitation. You have honor, which is the real thing. Respect. Again, all the money in the world can't buy respect. Respect has to be earned. Respect comes from the person who's egoless. He doesn't look for respect, he's not interested in respect, couldn't care less. People honor and respect someone who acts honorably, who acts respectfully, who's respectful to others. Versus fame, the cheap imitation. Politicians constantly running after fame or, or uh, celebrities live for fame and without the limelight, they're lost. It's a tragedy. It's tragic. It's so superficial, so empty and so unsatisfying. That's a cheap imitation. Joy, real joy. All the money in the world can't buy joy. Howard Hughes, the richest person in the world, died a miserable human being. Versus uh, people call fun. It's a cheap imitation. It's not the real thing. Real joy comes from within. So if you're plugged into Hashem and you're connected to Hashem, Hashem is life. So life, anything that's connected with Hashem is alive. Only from right, when you're connected with Hashem do you have real joy in life. Could you have real love in life. And do you know the meaning of real honor and dignity? If you're disconnected from Hashem, what do you end up with? You end up with ashes, you end up with nothing. So, tragically, sadly. A funeral which was a mockery. Hmm. It only caused pain to the soul, where the soul is now. The whole life is superficial and external and meaningless then it's, it's a tragedy. If you're connected to life, then you're alive. But when you're disconnected from the source of life, then there is no life. It's called alakim acherim. It's a cheap imitation. It's a, every plus, there's a minus. God created an equal balance. Every, the fruit has a shell that matches it. So every positive has a negative. The holiness has the opposite. That's your choice. We have a freedom of choice. What are you going to choose? Are you going to choose to connect with life, the source of life, plug in with life? When you're plugged into life, you have joy, and you have meaning, and you have satisfaction, and you have connection, and you have, you're vibrant, and you're alive, and you're eternal. Versus if you disconnect, if you follow the other gods, the false gods, the shell, Superficial, the cheap imitations. What you end up is with nothing, fluff, Madison Avenue hype, nothing of substance, nothing that's satisfying, nothing that's meaningful. You end up with nothing. So this is the test. This is the test for a person. Sure, gave us a test. A test. We can choose either path in life, the path of life, or the opposite you can choose a path where you appreciate that Hashem is the center of your life and Hashem is the center of reality and Hashem is reality period there is no other reality and therefore your life is the more connected you are the more plugged in you are the more alive you are and the more alive you feel the more joyful you feel or your life is all about externals and material things and the shell and possessions and once that's removed from you your whole life is shattered you're lost someone asked the Rebbe It was in the 60s and he saw a great chassid went into the Rebbe and his chassid Abdu Peretz Mashkum was so poor before he went into the Rebbe for a private audience he had to borrow kapata, his captain he didn't even own the captain that he owned was so wasn't presentable that he couldn't even go he was so poor that he was ashamed to go into the Rebbe wearing. so he borrowed from a friend a uh, new looking Kapata. So this person, as the Rebbe, how could such a great Jew, such a great Hasid, and look, he doesn't even have enough money to buy, he just came from Russia, he didn't have a penny to his name, in the 60s, and he, he doesn't, uh, doesn't have money to buy a captain, he had to borrow his captain just to go into the Rebbe. So the Rebbe said, you know, there's a great actress, Marilyn Monroe, <laughs> he says, and trust me, famous as she is and as wealthy as she is says this Chassid is more joyful (laughs) knows the true meaning of joy and his life has so much more meaning and is so filled with joy and with purpose and so much more alive than this famous interesting the Rebbe used her as an example I think this was before she committed suicide um so just because you have externals doesn't mean you can be miserable inside. Unfortunately, right, right. The comedian that took his life. Um, it's all external. It's all it's all superficial. Versus if you're connected with Hashem and Hashem is your life, then you're alive. You're plugged in. You're plugged into the generator. You're plugged in. You're alive. So he says, "This is the whole test. Hashem is testing you. This is the whole purpose of creation. This is this is as real as it gets. Hashem wants to see. Judaism is not just externals. It's not not just following rules and laws. It's not just going through the motions. It's not just filling obligations. Hashem wants to know what is your life. Is your life Hashem? Is this truly your life? Is this for real?" or is your life you're just going through the motions but your life is really the material world the external world indulgence pursuit of fame money, power fun external pleasures skin deep pleasures or is it really about Hashem and the inner life real love real joy, real, real honor and dignity. This is the choice. And this is the test. And the ultimate test is when a person faces challenges, it's challenged. This is the test. This is where you can separate the men from the boys. This is where you can see what a person's life is all about. If your life is really about materialism all along, and the moment something doesn't go smoothly and something doesn't go easily, you're shattered, you're lost, you're adrift, you're, un- you're unglued, you lost your whole center because that was your center, materialism. You had nothing else. You're heading out the window. Or, if your center of your life is Hashem and always was Hashem and that's when you felt alive, And that's what your life is all about, 24-7. And the more you plug in, the more alive you feel, the more mitzvot you do, the more connected you feel, the more vibrant you feel, the more joyful you feel, the more meaningful your life becomes. And the more whole you feel and inspired and uplifted. Every time you do a mitzvah, you feel joyful and inspired. And every time you pray, you feel rejuvenated. And every time you celebrate a holiday, you feel reconnected. And it's alive for you every time you do an act of goodness and kindness because you're emulating Hashem's goodness and kindness, you feel alive and connected, then if, God forbid, something doesn't go right, you're not shattered. Your center has not been, you have, you're not unglued, you're not unplugged. You're as plugged in as ever. Hashem hasn't changed, your center hasn't changed, your center of gravity hasn't changed you plug in even deeper and you reconnect and and you feel rejuvenated. Hashem is with me and Hashem is good and everything that happens is good. So this is the ultimate test. That's why a person was created. This is what life is all about. The only reason God sent us into this world, the only reason God created this world is to test us. This world is a world of testing. This is where we're tested. This is the ultimate world. This is the testing ground a rough world, you know, When they test, they test, test cars, it's a rough environment, this is where they test, this is the ultimate, ultimate, this is the ultimate, this is what it's all about, in heaven there's no test, heaven everything is clear, it's clarity, you don't need faith in heaven, when you see Hashem, you don't need faith, it's in this world, when you have the shell, and you have the clipper, and you have the alternatives, and you have the choices, and you have the distractions, and you forget, and we lose touch, and we this is the test. Do we have the wisdom to realize what's going on? And it's the ultimate act of confidence Hashem has in us. He has a test. Is the ultimate. Hashem says, I believe in you. I have full confidence. I'm throwing you curves from left field, and it's a rough, rough test, and yet I have full confidence that you will pass with flying colors. So it's, it's the ultimate vote of confidence. So it's a time to be strong. It's not a time for weakness. Not a time for weakness and dejection. So it's time to strengthen and to be strengthened and to be strong and to realize what's really going on.
2: One must believe that he really lives it. For example, the true life. And that all his needs and everything related to himself truly evolve in all their details, not from the sitra akra. For by God are the steps of man made firm
1: everything that happens in our life a Jew believes that everything that happens in our life even everything the t- smallest details nothing happens unless it's decreed above the Talmud says that a person doesn't even bruise his finger the smallest thing the smallest inconvenience I just bruise my finger unless it was decreed in heaven from above so everything that happens to us comes directly from Hashem there's no intermediaries it comes directly from Hashem Everything is divine providence. So if everything that happens to me comes directly from Hashem, so I live with that. If it's coming from Hashem, Hashem is good. It's godly. It's good. It's inspiring. It's wholesome. And even if I don't see the good, and I don't appreciate the good, but I know it's good. It's the birthing pain. It's the maternity ward. Everything is good. So even the tiniest details that happens in my life, nothing comes from the other side nothing comes there's no hiding there's no concealment everything comes directly from Hashem even though we're in exile and even though it doesn't matter every one of us all of us at any all times at all places everything that happens to us is directly by divine providence. and therefore everything is imbued with godliness everything is imbued with meaning everything is imbued with tremendous purpose if Hashem, so to speak, bothers to create this tiny detail at this very moment it must be imbued with such great significance that Hashem had nothing else better what to do than to create and to bother himself so to speak, to create this little bruise on my finger right now. Yes, because so every, everything has meaning and everything has purpose and everything is such deep significance. So if you really believe that Hashem is with you and Hashem is creating you and the tiniest detail is filled with significance then you have to feel good. You have to feel alive, energetic, positive. Continue.
2: Well, there is yet no word on my tongue. You, God, know it all. Thus, God is aware of all man's thoughts, words, and deeds, even before man. Right. Thinks so
1: this of is this a quote. This is a quote from Tilim. So even before I speak, Hashem is aware every thought that we have, every word that we say everything that happens Hashem is aware of the slightest tiniest movement Hashem is aware and Hashem responds and He's involved and He's engaged this is Jewish faith not like those who say that God is in heaven and God is too busy to care about little tiny me especially the small insignificant things that are happening in my life God is too busy to worry and care about me no God is involved and engaged the slightest, the tiniest detail is aware of everything even before we're aware of it.
2: Accordingly, everything is absolutely good except that it is not apprehended as such by man. When one believes this truly, everything becomes good even on a revealed level.
1: Okay, so really everything is good but that's good on the level of faith. We believe that everything is good from the inside out, from God's point of view but on the human level, we're suffering, we're suffering terribly. But if you withstand the test and you have the faith, then it will be revealed, it will emerge how everything is good, even on a tangible level. Even physically and bodily, on a human level, we'll also see that everything is good. Because once the test, once you withstand the test, there's no need anymore for the test. The test was only a a means to an end. It was just to give birth to the baby. Once you gave birth to the baby, the the suffering is no longer necessary. It's It's not suffering, God forbid, for suffering's sake. It's not just to suffer, God forbid. It was just a test. So I withstood the test. The suffering is no longer necessary. And then we can, Hashem could discard the suffering, and everything should be good in, the, in, the, in, the, in a positive way. Continue.
2: For by such a faith in which one believes that what manifestly seems to be evil, in fact, receives its entire vitality from the supreme good, i.e., from God's chakmah which is not apprehensible and which is the Eden that transcends the world to come. By this faith, the imagined evil is truly absorbed and sublimated in the concealed supreme good so that the good becomes palpably revealed to the physical eye.
1: You know, the Rebbe ones gave an analogy in relation to something else, but how, you know, everything that happens in this world is by divine providence. So when they first send the Apollo... So the Rebbe said a lesson we can learn from the uh, spaceship is that how do they they, um, uh, send the spaceship up to space? They attach these huge uh, rockets filled with fuel, which are three times the size of the spaceship. So seemingly it would seem counterproductive. You're trying to send the spaceship out of the force, against the force of gravity. So what do you do? You add to its weight... He had this huge weight, heavy weight. But the answer is, it's the rocket ship that actually causes, it's the fuel and igniting the fuel that causes the spacecraft to fly to fly into space. Now, once it reaches space, then it just sheds the fuel, it sheds the uh, the, the rockets, and then it glides in space and it goes so much quicker. Once the rocket, once the spaceship reaches space, it goes millions of miles, it goes much, much quicker and faster and doesn't need that external rocket to, to propel it uh, um, So So too, in the beginning, a person needs a challenge. We need a test. The test causes us tremendous agitation angst but that agitation of that angst it's the birthing pains it's actually good this is what pushes the baby out this is what it's this fermentation it's this agitation that causes us to realize what's going on and to wakes us up and helps us realize what life is all about and helps us focus and connect and be centered so that agitation, that is 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 a positive thing. But once we get the point, once we reach outer space and we're flying, you don't need any external agitation. You don't need anything external to wake you up. Once you reach the level of the tzaddik, once you reach the level where. Where everything is, you recognize and it's crystal clear that everything is godly, and you become transformed, and you sense godliness, and godliness becomes palpable. You don't need any negative agitation to wake you up. Because the question is, why? Why is this all necessary? Why do we have to go through these painful experiences? And in general, why does God have to make life so challenging? Life is one constant test, one test leading to the next test, the next test. Life's full of challenges. Why did, if God loves us, why doesn't he make life easy for us? The answer is the test is there for our benefit. It's this agitation that causes us to fly. If we wouldn't have this agitation, we would remain flat. We would never grow. It's this test that strengthens us, that causes us to soar to heaven by being strong and overcoming the test. And, but once you, it serves its purpose, then you don't need the agitation anymore. Then you can continue to grow and to fly on your own. So once you withstand the test and you recognize that Hashem is the center of your life, then it's not necessary anymore. You don't need the the agitation. Then you can just continue to grow and go from strength to strength. And everything could be in a good way, in a positive way, in a blessed way. Even, Even the means how we get there should be blessed. Everything should be tangibly good, physically good. We should sense it's good, the body should sense it's good, it should be consistently good on all levels, not only on the spiritual level, but also on the physical, simple level. The way Hashem wants it, the way it once was, the way it inevitably will be, the way it was in Mount Sinai, and uh, the way Hashem wants it to be, desires it to be, that everything should be good. God is absolutely good, meaning on every level it should be good, even on the human level, on the physical level, on the simple level. That's what we pray for, that's what we pray for in Rosh Hashanah, that's what we ask for. So even, even the person who's reached this high level of faith also has a mitzvah to pray that things should be good. And that's what Al Rebbe says as soon as you withstand the test, everything will be good. Why does he have to tell us everything will be good? Everything is already good. You just finished explaining the whole letter that everything that God does is good. And then he finishes the letter. Well, now everything will be good. What do you mean? You just, you just explained to us that everything is good. And so much so, if you don't recognize everything is good, you called him you call the, the chasid a goy. You called him a heretic. And then he finishes the letter and everything will be good. What do you mean? You just said everything is good. It's already good. But of course, we're human. We're not robots. Pain and suffering is pain and suffering. No one likes pain and suffering, and no one should like pain and suffering. We're not masochists. And there's a mitzvah in the Torah to pray to remove pain and suffering. Even in the birthing room, even the birthing pangs, let the birth be without the suffering. Of course we know it's about giving birth. It's not about pain, it's not about suffering. There's nothing negative here, it's all good. Why does it have to be so painful? Why does it have to be such birthing pangs? Give me an epidural or, or, or make the pain go away. That's what we're praying for. And the Al-Tarabi says, when you withstand the test, Hashem will help, that indeed the birth will be painless, and from this point on you won't need any pain and suffering, and everything will be transformed into positive, overtly positive, tangibly positive on a human level. Everything should be positive.
0: This class is part of the Lessons in Tanya project. More classes available at LessonsinTanya.com.